This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, August 22nd, the please just pee edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nine and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast, and I live in Detroit with my family. My oldest, Noah, is about to be five, and my youngest, Ami, is nearly two. Today's question is about our favorite subject, potty training. This letter writer thought they had their little one potty trained, but now he's having trouble actually going to the bathroom. We're also going to do a little back-to-school check-in. But first, we wanted to share a listener letter in response to last Monday's episode. As a content warning, the letter talks about suicide. If you don't want to hear this quick discussion, that's okay. Just skip three or so minutes ahead. All right, here's the letter. Hi, y'all. Your How to Address Death episode hit home. Last year, my partner's ex died of an overdose which many suspect was a suicide. Their sons now live with us full-time, and we are also adopting the daughter she had five months before her death. Our kids range in the age from 11 years old to 18 months. Between their mother's death and a cousin who also committed suicide, we've learned how important it is to express your grief with and around kids. This is a strength that shows them that they too can express their sadness. It's a tough series of age-appropriate conversations, but in my opinion, it's hard to keep the cause of death secret since everyone else knows, and they deserve to hear it from us. We've also had a lot of small conversations about addiction and the fact that it's a disease prior to and after their mom's death. We also asked them what they know about addiction and death and genuinely listened to their answers. Y'all were spot on with the suicide advice. Thank you for discussing these often avoided topics. Signed, Suddenly Six. I'm just always so blown away, like, what listeners share in an effort to make other people feel seen. Because to me, the, like, letter writer from last week can read this and also say, like, you're going to get through this. Like, it's tough, and you're doing the tough work, but you're going to get to some place that is still hard, but is, is manageable, right? Yeah, and just to hear it from you directly rather than, um, you know, my kind of theoretical pontificating, I feel like this is so much more affirming than anything we could have said. So thank you. This is so, so sad um, and so beautiful that you all have this new Suddenly Six family. My God. I love that she talks about the small conversations, that it, it doesn't have to be like a sit down, we're going to address this and then never talk about it again, that it can just be these like little pop-up conversations and then they can go on their way. And just to know that like the door is always open for those and it doesn't have to be this big event. We can just constantly be kind of touching on things as they come up. Yeah, it takes some of the pressure off it, doesn't it? You don't have to have this big sit down where we're all going to talk about death tonight. It's like, no, like on, you know, on the way to school, you might just have a quick exchange and this topic is sadly ever present like noah my daughter still asks about my grandpa who she never met he died at age 99 but like he is just like this kind of constant like symbol of her asking about death and it's just like always coming up when she feels like talking about death she often invokes Gigi, great grandpa and so yeah it's just it's just always always there 
beneath the surface. Definitely. Suddenly Six, thank you so much for your letter. We really appreciate you sharing with us. And as always, listeners, we really appreciate hearing all feedback, constructive criticism or praise. We will take it. And so thank you for sharing with us for all who have. So school is already underway in a lot of places across this country, and it's fast approaching for the rest of you all that are holding on to the final days of summer. Have you all's kids started school yet? I think I might be the only one whose child has started school yet uh, on the pod. What grades are we entering this year, and have there been any school changes? Let's start with you, Elizabeth. Okay, so we are homeschooling all three this year, so all three are... Back here with me, Colorado has a really great, um, they call it homeschool enrichment program, which is where basically all of the publicly funded schools offer a a one-day-a-week program that you can put your kids into. So I've got Henry, who is in fifth grade, who's doing a enrichment program. Oliver, who will be technically in third grade, is also going to an enrichment program at the same school, which is a um, Waldorf charter school, and they do this lovely little mixed age enrichment program, although they will be there on different days to keep them in different classrooms. But they have a farm and do painting and they're learning to sew. And some of the things that either I don't have the resources for or I don't really want to participate in will be taught by someone else. And it gives them a little community. Teddy, who we were sort of on the fence about what to do with, is also going to homeschool. He is going to a different enrichment program that's offered at the school kind of right at the end of our block. And it's an arts program. And honestly, it is one day a week, he will not be home. That is literally its goal. I was like, I do not care how this program is ranked. Like, he will be safe there. It's perfectly appropriate. It's an arts program. He seems kind of excited. But just to give him a full day away, meeting some other kindergartners and first graders, and give me a chance to really work with the big kids, because being five and being Teddy, he is like a distraction. So the day he's in school will kind of be our major work day for teaching new topics and and those sort of things with the other two. But otherwise, they're going to be home. We're going to be traveling a bit more because Henry was at School of the Woods last year, which really kept us on a more normal schedule. So we're going to hopefully be exploring and out and uh, getting back to homeschool and not driving me crazy, hopefully. How about you guys? Zach, where are your kids? Noah will once again be at the Waldorf school down the block for her second and final year of pre-k so we decided to hold her back one more year it's honestly because like i had this thought like when she's like 17 years old we're just gonna want her home for another year like what's the rush so she'll just be the oldest kid in her kindergarten class next year but this year she'll be in pre-k and ami is will remain in in daycare elizabeth i don't understand how you do what you do it's it's an amazing thing what made you decide to want to go back to the mostly full-time homeschool this year? Well, honestly, I we have this just like in school and where we are, we just always say like each year, each kid, each place will make a decision. And also based on like what is happening in Jeff in my life and all of that, we asked the kids what they wanted to do. Everyone said they wanted to homeschool. Henry's main reason after being in this amazing full-time public school program last year that's only for fourth grade was he felt that he didn't have enough time to read. <laughs> because, I mean, in homeschool, listen, it's like we're done with our work usually by about noon. Like they have done their schoolwork and they have the afternoon largely to themselves. We have activities 
activities and they have certain things they need to accomplish. But I think he really did feel like I used to have all this time and I would read all these books. And I think last year that was not really where he wanted it to be. So that seemed fine. Teddy was more like, well, if I'm going to have the other two home and I put him in full time, then I'm stuck to the full time schedule. And one of the things I like about homeschooling is being able to like travel with Jeff when he goes places or have us be up at the academy and take advantage of some of the resources. And so if he goes into school, we can't do that. So he is more of convenience because there's no attendance requirement at any of these enrichment programs. So we can be here or not be here. All of the attendance is done through like my recording of of how much work we do each day. But Jamila, you you started back to school like Naima is is back in school today. We're back today. It was our first day. We went to Chicago for a week and flew back on Monday, which was technically the first day of school. But what do you really do on the first day of school anyway? But yes, Naima is a big time fourth grader. She's at the same school she's been at since first grade. Um, I am like so nervous because there are two uh, fourth grade classes in her program and there's I guess the possibility that she will be you know she and her friends will be separated and like there's one of her besties transferred to a school closer to her house so she won't be there this year which sucks um and so I'm just really crossing all my fingers and toes that I don't have to be that mom and go up to the school and beg to get my child transferred into another class because her friends are in that class I really 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 don't want to have to do that but you know it is important to me that she gets to be with her friends and they've been together since first grade, you know, so I don't know how the, I don't know. I don't know what the teacher had to consider when she was dividing them up or how they were divided, but I just really hope she's with her buddies. You'll find that out this afternoon or? Yeah. When I pick her up this afternoon. What age does the school go to? Like is, is next year, is it just through fifth grade? Just through fifth grade. So this is the end. We know where Naeem is going to middle school because she's going to the school where her stepmother teaches. So that is a tremendous weight off of our backs to have to, you know, think about finding a middle school. But just the idea that we're this close to middle school, like, haunts me. It keeps me up at night. It chills my bones. Like, I can't believe I have a fourth grader, you guys. I mean, fourth grade, it was, for me with Henry last year, like, this moment of somehow they're not little anymore. Like, I just saw him go to, I mean, I know we say that all the time, but, like, there's just something that happens in fourth grade that all of a sudden, like, the work is more, like, grown-up work. They're reading stuff that you might actually be interested <laughs> in reading. Like, just all of these. The the math becomes something that's more challenging to teach. Like, it it just went over this, this edge that's like, uh, and then you think, like, yeah, because then you have fifth grade and then you're in middle school. I hope she has a magical year. And you should definitely, I think, what's the harm in asking to be with friends? You know? There's no harm. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, let's get into today's listener question. All right, we've got our question. Take it away, Shasha. Dear mom and dad, help. My son is two and a half and has mostly been potty trained since February. However, he has a bad habit of waiting too long to go to the toilet when he needs to pee. He'll then have small accidents in his pants several times a day. He is going through a lot of clean underwear and I don't know how to get him over this. He doesn't like to be prompted to go and will often yell and fight if he doesn't want to go. The silver lining is that he will usually go if we make him. 
but I feel like we shouldn't need to prompt him every time at this point. He knows he needs to go. He just won't tell us until his pants are a little wet. I'd love any ideas. Thanks. It's always potty time. Yikes. Elizabeth, what have you got? I have really bad news for a letter writer. Your child is not potty trained. Listen, everyone who listens knows I think potty training is the worst phase of parenting. Everything else is is manageable. Potty training is terrible. But the hump for potty training is going before you pee in your pants. So I hate to say this, but you need to go back (laughs) to the basics. I mean, I really mean that in that your child may not be ready for actual underwear. You may need to go to like, we used a like potty training pant, like which is a cloth diaper that looks like underwear, not the kind that like snap. But that way, when they do pee a little bit, they feel it. And yes, maybe you're changing and washing them a lot because you don't, even with the cloth diaper, you don't want them like sitting in that. But I think they're not ready for underwear to the point of which you're like changing pants and changing this all the time. I do want to say that my middle child who has ADHD, this was the hardest part of potty training for him. And that is very consistent with kind of the ADHD brain, which is that those changes between activities and recognizing your own body signals. That's kind of what being neuroatypical can be. And so what worked for him was a potty watch, and we rewarded him just stopping the activity. So he didn't have to go to the bathroom and sit on the on the potty, but he um, had a little watch. You can buy potty training watches. We bought like a Target watch in which you can set a 15 or 20 minute timer or an hour timer, whatever you want, and then just, you know, set that to go off. And when it went off, if he stopped the activity, he got the reward. So he would completely stop the activity, come to us. We would say, do you want to use the bathroom? So still giving him that autonomy, but mandating those breaks. And that made things much easier for taking breaks. But I also want to say, like, this is, I mean, as adults, like, how often do we kind of suppress that urge because we're doing something and it's, like, inconvenient to go to the bathroom? This is one of the kind of, like, 13 steps of potty training is I have to stop this at that first urge, not by the time I've peed myself. This is why potty training is terrible. What do you guys think? Two and a half also seems... Young. Um, I guess it, it totally depends on the kid, but like you want to be able to communicate to them clearly and vice versa. Like they need to be able to tell you when they're going to go to the bathroom. And you could just have a precocious two and a half year old. Like that's definitely not, um, that wouldn't be crazy. But Noah wasn't ready at two and a half. In fact, actually, I don't remember when we potty trained her, but I think it was after two and a half. Another thing that I was just wondering about is I'm sure Elizabeth's prognosis is right. But are there other things happening at home? Like, have there been any disruptions, changes in your your daily structure? I was looking at um, healthychildren.org, and they were saying, like, if any of the following things are present, that might be the reason for the, the regression. Change in childcare routine, mother's pregnancy or birth of a new sibling, major illness on the part of the child or a family member, a recent death parents' marital conflict or divorce, an upcoming or recent move to a new home. And then the the body stuff like constipation or painful bowel movements, UCIs, various medical problems. If any of those things are happening, then um, that, that could be it. But um, I have a feeling you would have flagged that had that been, you know, part of the equation. But I'm not quite sure. 
Also, I'm curious to know where they're spending their day. Like, I will admit, Naima was potty trained largely because she was in daycare. You know, like, they did it there. They did the potty training. And part of it, though, was that they were seeing other kids go to the bathroom. You know, like, so if there isn't a sibling or another child around that they're seeing do this, it's not surprising that at only two and a half, which is definitely like it's potty training time, but it's not like potty trained, you know, and done, you know, or else by this age, like you've got some time here. I would absolutely stop wearing the underwear and just focus on getting him comfortable with telling you that he needs to go or, you know, him getting uncomfortable with having to sit in wet underwear, which I think will become an issue sooner and later because wet pull-ups are not comfortable. You know, that's why kids decide to say, I can't do this anymore (laughs) because it sucks sitting in your own pee. I guess the thing I'm also worried about with the underwear is this idea that is he feeling some kind of shame in having to change this all the time? Because that will completely derail your potty training adventure, right? Like if if the potty training becomes full of the shame of like, I have to change this all the time, or I'm peeing on couches, or I'm peeing on these things, and and he's seeing your reaction to that, that can really hurt you in the long run and, and cause other issues. So I would just make sure that this is like goes back to a positive, you know, vibe, which you clearly did because you taught him to go on the potty, which is like some of the steps, right, is like actually using the toilet and all of that. Um, whatever worked for that you should use for this particular step of potty training. So like if a sticker chart worked, use that for this stopping and go pee. In fact, I think there's like a Daniel Tiger song that is like stop and go pee now or something like that. <laughs> you if know you that- have to go potty, stop and go right away. Flush and wash and be on your way. I think that's how it goes. I haven't seen Daniel Tiger, but... Um, Yeah, but I was going to say, I think, like, it's such a prevalent problem that the song is largely focused on the, like, go right away, (laughs) you know? But some of that is, like, knowing your body, and I completely miss the, like, two and a half. Um, It's possible that your child, you know, at two and a half, like you both said, just hasn't quite figured out what it feels like when you have to go pee. Um, And so having those some kind of potty training aid here is going to be helpful so they can associate that feeling right before they have to go with the wetness as opposed to underwear that just kind of like leaks leaks through. Like I know that's uncomfortable, but there is something about that cloth or that pull up that feels like you're sitting on something wet that is just I don't know. It helped. It definitely helped my children. Also, potty training is terrible. Do not feel bad. This is like it's the worst. (laughs) Literally the worst. Well, it's always potty time. We hope that our advice helps. We're open to tips from listeners. If you have any potty training hacks, please send them our way. You can send us an email at slate.com, which is also where you can forward your own questions for our exploration and inquiry, and you may hear them on the show. Before we get out of here, it's time for recommendations. Zach, what are you recommending for us this week? For all you A League of Their Own fans, there's a TV show. That Abby Jacobson from Broad City has just adapted. It's not. It's set in the the universe of mid forties um, all American women's baseball, but it's not. They're not reusing any of the same characters, so it's all new characters. The first season is all entirely out on Amazon Prime. V- very queer. Um, a lot more in touch with, you know, um, 
the race the racial stuff that was going on then like the movie kind of just breezes right by it but the show looks right at it in the face and we watched the first episode last night i made popcorn and we had it in bed like we hadn't done that in so long and it's really fun i just love that universe i love sports stuff i love team stuff it's it's great um i mean so far one episode in but um i i binge the whole thing and you guys know i don't i don't really watch tv <laughs> it's so good it's so so i binge the whole thing over two two evenings staying up way too late and not getting stuff done um it's amazing and i actually um i thought about recommending it and i was like well i don't i don't know why i had something else written down but i love this recommendation it is it is just it's so good i wanted to add to your description that even while dealing with all of these issues it is so upbeat and lovely and centered on these women's relationships and i just both both romantic and as friendships and as a team and as just um best friends supporting each other that it felt so uplifting and and fun to watch like sometimes things can be very heavy and it's like i don't have time to deal with this but i walked away from this each time being like this is like amazing and and making me think about all this stuff, but also with like a very positive. You feel good. You feel good about the time you just spent watching them. So, which character are you? I don't know. That's such an interesting, interesting question. I, I feel like there were so many elements that I could relate to, but um, what is the name of the woman who draws the comics? Who's like the really good best friend, and her husband's gone off to war, and oh yeah, she's she's um, great. Yeah, I I know I, I don't, can't I don't know think of anybody's name right now i just i just really feel her trying to be this like big support to someone who's going through something but she's also going through something and and trying to navigate um her life but i mean there's so many things in all of these these people and things definitely get more complicated from the first episode but it's lovely i'm recommending something very homeschooly of course uh we uh as part of our study over the summer. The kids really like to do license plates. And so I pulled out something that I had used in grade school that I sort of thought everyone knew about. But when I was telling another mom about it and let her son borrow this book, it turns out maybe not everyone knew about this. There's a book called Yo Sacramento, and it uses these um, like pictures to help you memorize all the state capitals. And there's actually a second book. I which might have been the first book, I don't know. But there's a book called Yo Millard Fillmore by the same company that helps you memorize all the presidents in order using these pictures. And one of kind of the tenets of homeschool is having you learn to memorize things. So it doesn't really matter what you're memorizing. I mean, listen, the presidents are like, here's a string of white men to memorize plus Barack Obama, right? But learning this kind of method of how you can memorize and keep information, I think is really good. And particularly for this sort of third, fourth, fifth grade, and also for them to know, like, this is how I can start to associate things. So it uses these pictures or words. So like, for example, in the president's book, Clinton is a clean tin, and they have a little picture and the president before it is in the picture, like his pictograph and then the one before. And so you sort of are telling this mental story. The same happens for the states. You like open this and you're associating the state with something about the state capital so that 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 information is just in your brain. It's really fun. The kids really like it. Uh, it also is kind of a fun party trick, like when your third grader knows all of the presidents in order, which is completely useless information, but um, kind of fun. And again, I think really teaches them like here is a way if you have trouble memorizing things or keeping information in order, this is a way in which you can kind of train your brain to do that. Very cool. This is just a classic Elizabeth pick in a good way. 
very classic Elizabeth pick. And yes, I, I do know all my presidents in order from this book, but... <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, completely useless, great. but but fun. Jamila, how about you? Well, I am recommending Loot on Apple TV. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm always a little late to the TV parties, like a show's been out for a couple months. I'm like, you guys, it's so good. And it's like, yeah, everybody's watched it already. But if you haven't yet, it stars Maya Rudolph as the recently divorced ex-wife of a Steve Jobs-esque figure who becomes the richest woman in the world thanks to their divorce. But it's actually a workplace comedy. Like, she decides to go work for her foundation. There's a foundation in her name. She really has no idea what they do. And there are, you know, all these people who work there that are very devoted to her jobs, including her cousin, who she hooked up with a job. And so it's her and these, you know, interesting working-class characters. And she's got just this ridiculously decadent lifestyle. You know, she has a famous chef who cooks all of her meals. She fries the private jet you know like it's fun and silly there's a very memorable clip that circulated um where she does a hot ones episode like she needs some good pr and so like she has interviews lined up with like all the morning shows and she's like no i'm gonna cancel though like i'm not gonna do good morning america i'm gonna do hot ones and i'll just say it does not go well so check it out my rudolph is a very very funny lady that is it for our show. We will be back in your feeds on Thursday, so be sure to tune in. And while you're at it, don't forget, subscribe to the show and give us a rating if you'll be so kind or a review on Apple and Spotify. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Christy Taiwo Macanjola and Rosemary Belson. For Zach Rosen and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.